Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Atari Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Yeah, we just didn't line up correctly at the beginning, um, and then you know we had we had a motion that went along with it, and the, you know the mo- once you know once uh, our, we weren't all set, we were we were down the clock a little bit, so we were trying to move the guy that was in motion, and we never all fully got set. So um, you know, not something that, that should happen at that moment in the game, and uh, something we got to get corrected. That is Daryl Bevo, Jags interim coach. I got a lot to get corrected. Uh, I, I'm sure, like, if you're the Jags staff and, and Trevor, too, after things have been so bad, yesterday you, you saw some good things. But you do have to couch it with the Jets. Now, they won't, and they shouldn't, but we do. I mean, there's no, like, signs of a turnaround here. Uh, that is, that's finally a game that was, like, looked like real football for a bit in terms of what they produced yardage-wise and, uh, guys making plays down the field, and uh, again, uh, it's better than it's been, but still not good enough. And you're talking about two really bad football teams. It just jumps out to you how many missed opportunities both the teams make. And listen, that's why we're going to get into this in a bit. Anybody in New York today raving about Zach Wilson because he ran the ball a couple of times really well? I mean, come on, he didn't make a throw that made you go do anything. Like, he looked like a fourth-string quarterback basically throwing the football yesterday. And he was lucky two passes didn't get picked off and maybe a third on a great play by Cisco. Yeah. I mean, he could have easily had three interceptions in that game. So, I mean, I'm going to sit here and rave about Zach Wilson. I thought Trevor looked a lot better. We'll get into that uh, in just a bit. Uh, first things first, a lot of roster moves uh, by the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, all these teams around the league, I mean, it's a disaster right now, Casey, uh, around the league because these games are critical and these teams, although I'm not sure it matters. I mean, the Chargers lose to a Houston team that's without like 16 players. The Jags just lost to a Jets team that already stinks and was uh, without like 18 to 20 players in their coach. Yeah. You know, maybe this stuff doesn't matter as much as we think. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, I mean, especially with Houston, like, Good for them and all, but uh, yeah, it's. I bet the Ravens are pretty upset today. Uh, Josh Johnson played okay, but I mean, when you lose two quarterbacks, you don't ever think to get to that point. So, it's unfortunate that it happened at this point in the season. But at the end of the day, I guess there's not really a lot you can do to avoid it. it you can try, but it seems like these things still find you at some point in the season. Well, what's really interesting here is you don't have to test right now. If like Miles Jack. I believe is vaccinated. I believe. And so Miles Jack yesterday basically self-reported. That's the story with Salah, too. He self-reported. And by the way, they're encouraged to do that. So right. I'm not, like, knocking them. They, they they didn't feel that well, so they took a test. And I think, My, uh, I think Miles was positive because of that. Like, that's what happened. That's how he got on the list right before the game. And so, uh, now, I think, and Josh Allen, I think it's well known he's not vaccinated. Right. And so he gets it. And now he's got to miss two weeks. Yeah. So there's a big distinction and a big difference. It's why Tyreek Hill was able to come back for KC. And apparently your guy and your fantasy team, Kelsey, didn't clear, didn't pass enough tests yeah, it's, to come back. Yeah, tough situation. But at least we had Cole Komet. Yeah, there you go. Um, so now the Jags. Here's the list, okay? Dan Arnold, who might have been making his way back to the football field and still could. But uh, has this has uh, he's on the COVID list. Malcolm Brown, 
fullback Malcolm Brown and defensive tackle. Caleb on Chase on who suffered a, an in, ankle injury in the game. Luke Farrell, Devon Hamilton, Brandon Linder, Chris Manhurts, Lorente McRae, Andrew Norwell, Jihad Ward. That's a long list. Yeah. And by the way, the Jags don't have a lot of good players. Few of There's them some on impactful there. players on that list now. I mean, they could be without Norwell Linder. Uh, they're already without Barch this past week. Who knows if he'll be able to come back? I don't know his situation. Uh, so, I mean, they could be without their offensive line, which then, I mean, they're going to play Trevor regardless. But if if they're without a bunch of offensive linemen do you, against the New England Patriots, do you think about not playing Trevor? Like, I'd still play him, but I wonder if it would go through their their mind. Um, I wouldn't top, play him. Yeah, I, you would? No, I would not. Oh, you wouldn't? Wow, interesting. Uh, yeah, I'd probably still play him. Because I'm starting I, to do the math. Do they even have enough? Like, if you, you'd you have to play Walker Little at guard, right? Yeah, well, you'd, well you, yeah, you could, I guess. You, you, you'd have to move some people around. You, I mean, you're going to add some people, too. I mean, they have guys like Casey McDermott on the roster. You know, I mean, they have those guys. So it just depends. I mean, this outbreak might not be over. James Robinson goes to the uh, injured reserve list. Not a surprise there with the uh, torn Achilles. Uh, the Jags uh, placed on the practice squad COVID list. Jared Hocker, didn't even know he was on the team, uh, claimed off waivers from the Rams. Jameer Jones, linebacker, and Makai Sargent, a running back. Okay. From the, ra- from the Rams, you said? Yeah. Okay. Let's start him. <laughs> well, they might have to <laughs> based on COVID. And uh, obviously they needed another running back because both Carlos Hyde and James Robinson are out. I mean, all three of their running backs this year are now done for the year. It's crazy. Which is pretty wild. Didn't even really think about it in that context until I just said it. Uh, but and we're not even at the end. A cool thing about uh, Makai Sargent. Okay. Not too many probably NFL players that uh, attended Key West High School. Really? Yeah. I've always wondered, like, we've been down to the Keys, and we're like, I wonder what it's like to go to school, down, like high school down here. Yeah. And we actually have said it. Like, I wonder how sports are. Yeah, because who do you play? This guy's a running – yeah, I don't know. I don't know who you play. But uh, this guy's from Key West, and he uh-huh. attended Key West High School. I like him. Start him. I'm not yeah. even kidding now. Makai Sargent. I mean, Sargent. That's, that's a little factoid for you here on a Monday as the Jaguars deal with a bunch of uh, COVID problems right now. Uh, did you say we had someone hanging around on the phone before we get into Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence conversation? Maybe give me something good conversation. We got some of that from Paul, yeah. All right, Paul, let's get Paul in. We appreciate uh, you hanging around. Hope you're having good holidays, man. Uh, welcome to Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Give me something. Give me something good from Sunday's game that even in a loss, maybe the Jags uh, can <laughs> take away. Yeah, actually a couple. I thought the offensive line was outstanding in pass protection, which allowed Trevor to really go off. He went through his progressions multiple times, and you saw open receivers kind of uh, find their way. I mean, that Tavon Austin uh, throw that he made, I mean, it was, I mean, obviously he was rolling right, but Tavon did a really good job of, um, you know, adjusting his route. And I think you saw that a couple times, and I thought this was probably the best game that the offensive line had uh, pass protecting. And, I know everyone is down the special teams because they've given up a kickoff return in the past two weeks, but I don't know. Like They also executed the fake punt well. They stopped the Jets on a fake field goal. And Matthew Wright, I mean, he was perfect kicking the ball. So uh, I want to give special teams their props. Obviously, what they did with the kickoff, not ideal, but I'm just looking for a little silver linings. Yeah, Paul, that's good, man. I appreciate you bringing that up, too. Thanks. Uh, Happy New Year to you, and thanks for listening. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. You know, it is a good point, and I try to do this, and then sometimes I'm even kind of 
uh, you know, it, it just glosses over because of so much bad. Uh, but, like, you try to look at some of this is why I'm actually doing this this segment and kind of push this out on social media today because I think the Jags had some, like, Cisco was good. I mean, Matthew Wright actually continues to make kicks. We talk about him not being able to kick it to the end zone. That's bad. But he, he we don't have, like, a kicker making kicks problem anymore right that's now true. in Jacksonville. We had one for two years. Like, And, again, these are small victories. I think those guys, everybody's right on the offensive line. They did a nice job in obvious passing situations. They did a nice job in this football game, and it might have been their best game. And, again, the Jets aren't good, but it's better than being bad against a bad team. So they did a good job there. Uh, we talked about a couple of the IQ plays. Shaq Quarterman was brought up. Uh, Trevor Lawrence's ability to run and get out of bounds people liked. Um, and so I, I think those and, – and, by the way, the special teams play by uh, – it was Tyson Campbell, and somebody actually mentioned Tyson as well. As you continue to see growth from him, and and plays in the run game, and plays on the on the fake field goal, like I really thought at times, like I understand rolling the dice when you're not very good, but Casey, I really thought at times like the Jets were trying to lose the game. Like, yeah, th- there were some obvious situations like, all right, you take the points here, and they didn't do it twice. I mean. In actuality, the Jags could have lost that game by double digits. Yeah. But if, if they just kicked the two field goals instead of go for it on fourth down, uh, and then uh, go for and then the fake field goal, and actually, I think the the touchdown to the big man was a fourth down play too. So maybe those wash each other out. Uh, but I mean, they they were like, we don't care about scoring points. <laughs> now maybe they saw Eddie Pinier. <laughs> extra point after the first touchdown and said, all right, we're going to not use him very much because I don't know what that was. Yeah, that was that was pretty bad. I'll tell you right, for a while there, Jets minus two and a half betters were totally losing their mind when they kept taking these points and not going for it. Uh, not not speaking to any exacts there, but uh, two and a half for a while there wasn't looking safe when you could have had three, six, nine extra point, ten, you know. But yeah, it could have been a lot uglier than it was. By the way, uh, real quick, Key West High School, I looked up their football situation. Uh, they play Miami, Port St. Lucie, and those teams. They drive five hours to play Port St. Lucie this year. Really? I bet they drive a lot. That is nuts. I wonder if they go on a boat anywhere. Oh, that's a good call. <laughs> anyway, just Off wanted to work coast. that in. I like it. I mean, I'm serious. We've been down there before. Love Key West. Love the Keys. And we've actually Ooh. we've seen the high school. We wonder. We're like, what? How, who do they play? Like, okay. So how get they this. Do? They played Naples. Wow, that's a drive now. Yeah. It's like eight hours probably, right? Well, yeah. not eight. Eight's from here, so. Uh, but here's the thing. Three, four, if you, actually, maybe that's like a five- or six-hour drive probably. If you look at it on the map, Naples is directly above Key West through the water. Oh, they could have taken a boat. So they could have potentially taken a boat. I think we need to get this guy on the show, figure out what's going on. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to ask an egregious question. Okay. In my opinion. All right. But. I mean, I think you got to ask the question. Zach Wilson did a nice job with his legs, didn't have any turnovers, won the football game yesterday, made enough plays. Is there any part of you, the fans, the organization here that's like, dang, we should have given that guy more of a look? No. Not me, me personally. I can't speak for everybody. No. I think... I mean, it it just doesn't look good. I mean, it just doesn't look good. Like, and there's there's plays that Trevor makes where it's like, eh, that wasn't great, or he missed somebody. But I I don't I Zach Wilson to me during the draft process and all of that is Mitch Trubisky. Small school pushed up the draft board for one good season. That's fine. 
it just it, it doesn't it doesn't pass the eye test for me, Brent. And if they would have picked Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence, I it, it would have been I don't even know the stuff would be on fire downtown like it would have been a disaster. And I think yes, he had one run, but besides that, he didn't do anything for me. He does look like he throws the ball really hard. I don't know if you can confirm or deny, but it looks like he really wings it. But no, I I think. Any of the other quarterbacks, you could have that conversation. Maybe even Trey Lance, who hasn't played. Zach Wilson, not a chance. Yeah, he's got – actually, he's got terrific arm strength. I was watching him in uh, in warm-ups. I mean, he throws a beautiful ball, and he's he really does have terrific um, arm strength. So he, he he can chuck it, no doubt. What I, I tell you, it was really interesting because I was watching from the press box, and then, uh, you know, the kids and Steph were there. And so I went and watched the second quarter with them. And the Jets were coming uh, down that end. And so I'm watching him from a, diff- a couple of different views. One, as they're approaching kind of where we were. We were probably on like the 15-yard line, I guess, 20-yard line. And, and kind of close field level. Got some pretty good seats there. And uh, the so when they get the ball like inside the 10, you could see from behind. And I think his height's a factor. Yeah. Like the fact that he's 6'2". You know, everybody, like, that 6'3 is, like, the key number. Mm-hmm. And 6'2 makes it tough at times. Like, I was trying to look from his vantage point and, and as much as I could, and I think there's a huge difference between his height and, obviously, Trevor being able to see over everybody. You know, and, and I could see, especially when things got tight down in the red zone, I thought that was a little – and he has to drop back so much, create space, get out of there in a hurry. So I just noticed that as a little nuanced thing, and, and I guess you could say that about any quarterback that's a little bit undersized. Listen, they don't they, – he has a lot of the same excuses. They don't have a lot around him, right? I mean, they, they really don't. They're not very good. They, they got hit with COVID as well, but they're not very good even if they're healthy. And so I think it's probably not all on Wilson. I would just say there was nothing yesterday. Again, the run does not – it's a sports center highlight, but it didn't impress me that much. It's like I think – there are a bunch of it's like Trevor makes that same play. He can escape there and he can run. Yeah. <laughs> so like it wasn't like oh you never see that play. In fact, Trevor almost made that kind of play a little less heroic uh, late in the game to get him down to the five yard line. I, I there was just nothing there that said hey wow man this guy look at him go. I again I thought there was some stuff there from Trevor yesterday. Now there's some bad or, or not great, but I think there were a lot there was a lot to like yesterday out of Trevor. I didn't see a lot to like in the passing game out of Zach Wilson. Um, and, again, I give him the excuse there's not a lot around him. They have got to build more around him. Uh, and they put him in a decent position. But don't sleep on the fact that he easily could have had three picks. You know, we are talking about C.J. Mosley picking that one down the goal line. If I rem- remember correctly, and, and maybe you saw something different, Casey, watching on TV, because, again, press box to TV watching is totally different. Uh, the... That ball that Mosley should have probably picked at the goal line on second down late uh, on the last drive, mm-hmm. I thought it was the only ball he put in jeopardy all day. Like, he threw it 39 times. Dropped back, I think, 40 times because I think he got sacked once. And I think it was the only time he put a ball in jeopardy to be picked unless I'm missing something. I mean, yes, to a point. I think you could argue the first ball that I was talking about earlier to Treadwell. Oh, yeah, because there was kind of double coverage on him. Yeah, double. Yeah. I mean, if the you're you're more worried about, like, if one of them turns around and, like, looks for the football, which is why the, the flag was thrown, but if he turns around and looks for the ball, he has a real chance to pick it off because it's right in his hands. But that one sticks out, and then obviously the one you're talking about. But other than that, there's not one that I remember that was like, oh, good night. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a, that's, 
I, I just don't think, and that's a good thing. Like, I think that's a positive thing. I don't think you want the ball in the danger zone. There have been times, like go back to the beginning of the year, he threw three picks against Houston. He could have had like five in that game. Yeah. You know, I mean, he really put the ball in some dangerous spots. Uh, the, the stat that I'll repeat, I said at the top of the show, which is just eye-popping, is that he has seven games this year with no touchdowns and no picks. And while we all jump all over, and, and we should, because I think the staff should have done a better job getting him, him better numbers instead of read options on first down. And if you think I'm crazy about the stats, just watch the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. Watch the Dallas Cowboys last night. They are running all over and moving the ball all over against Washington. And on the two-yard line on first and goal, they throw it up to, to Gallup in the end zone on a fade. You know why? Because they're trying to get Gallup a touchdown. Right. You know what they did yesterday? They were trying to get Amari Cooper back involved in the game because he's unhappy. Like, so teams do that is my point. Like, teams try to get guys, not necessarily numbers for Pro Bowls and all that, but they try to avoid, I think, the conversation of what we're seeing with Trevor, which is he's thrown as many touchdowns in the last two months as he has tackles. Yeah. Like, you don't want that that kind of narrative out there on your young quarterback I'm, and and that might sound outlandish but i think it's true like i i think those kind of things buried blake bortles now he did it on himself sometimes right but put the ball in 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 risky situations and all the turnovers and you start creating narratives about guys uh and and they can do it to themselves enough i think you can help avoid some of those pitfalls and some of what people are saying and right now nobody is saying trevor lawrence is awful well, few people on Twitter that just like to be yeah. mad at everything. Mm -hmm. But I don't think anybody's saying that. But they're also really not saying, like, hey, we can see him do this. Because in our world, in the narrative world, in the media world, and how people judge, stats matter. And yeah. so we see nine touchdowns and 14 picks. And so do I think you should make every play about Trevor trying to get touchdown passes? No. I think he probably could have thrown some touchdowns and he's missed them. Absolutely. But I also think there are obvious situations that instead of running a read option on first and goal from the two, why don't you just sneak a tight end out or sneak the offensive lineman out instead of putting them, like, in the in the slot <laughs> like they did. Right. <laughs> you know? So I, I just feel like there are situations where they can help the young man. And, and by the way, I think it's the story of the year. I think this coaching staff, and I think Urban Meyer it goes back to, and, and everything else that they've done here this year has done a bit of a disservice to the rookie quarterback. It was supposed to be about him and developing him. And I'm sure they've done some good things and hidden things, and he's better than he was. But I think some of the things that they've done from the opening game of passing 51 times and handing it to James Robinson five to some of the play calls of yesterday down in tight near the end zone have not done him any favors. No, and so that's why I get caught up on. Yeah, he should have ten touchdowns by now. <laughs> yeah, he should. I mean, that's. I, I, yeah, I think that's an obvious one. But yeah, it's tough. I did think though, the goal, the the play calling inside the five is one thing. But I thought early, they at least did a good job with the quick passes early in the game to get him going. I at they least did. like to see that. Yep. And and by the way, like I, I've had trouble with this. Why can't you scheme guys open? Well, they did. They ran. I remember noting on on Twitter during the game. Remember Marvin Jones all the way across the field, mm -hmm. uh, and they did a great job of blocking it. They let the time develop. I right. asked earlier this year. Matthew Stafford did the same thing against 
the Jags, and I said, why are we not doing that play? Because we have a guy that can make that throw. And, well, here we go. The Jags did it all these weeks later, and you got to get the line to block, and the situation has to present itself. And quite frankly, I thought Marvin Jones didn't have to dive on that ball. He could have actually ran it, I mean, caught it, and, and run another five yards. Right. He wasn't going to turn it upfield for a touchdown. But I don't know why he dove. He didn't need to. Uh, dove. He, di- he didn't need to dive. Uh, so, again, they did some things. Like you said, the, the heck, the Tavon Austin play uh, was a good route and I would assume a good schemed-up play to get the drive going. Yeah. So it's not all bad, and I think they've gotten better. Uh, and what we saw yesterday was them getting a little bit back to what they did in the first six weeks of the year, where they were moving the ball okay, getting first downs, but they just couldn't score. And that's what we had yesterday again. They, they just, too many scoring opportunities, they come up empty. And uh, that's a different part of the game. You can play within the 20s, and they're doing a better job of that these last couple weeks against Houston and, and against the Jets. But getting in the end zone is still a major problem, and that's been a problem all year uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I think the moral of the story here for me is Zach Wilson did nothing. In fact, I would have taken Justin Fields second overall. So would have I. Now, I think Zach Wilson's going to be a good player, and I get the boom and bust potential. But I like Justin Fields better than Zach Wilson. So uh, Same. And I, 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 I don't know if I'm at the point where I can say I think Zach Wilson's going to be a good player. Yeah, I think he's shown less, right? Uh, and when fully and, healthy, they have better receivers than Trevor has when fully healthy. Yeah, maybe that's the way it's worked out. I'm not sure I would have said that at the start of the year. I, I expected better. Yeah, no, for uh, sure. But And now, granted, they've been hurt, and I get all that. But Corey, the way I look at it, Corey Davis is reliable. He compares to Marvin Jones. I don't know if you, who you can say is better. I, I, you could say Corey Davis, but I think they're comparable. But then beyond that, Barrios is a – is a problem if you can get him the football. Uh, Keelan Cole, who was here, you thought wasn't good enough. He's at least reliable. And when you look at what the Jags have, I mean, no disrespect, but it's Taven Austin. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if, if you want to go healthy, kind of like what Corey Davis had, if they had DJ Chark, it would probably sure. be a, a better thing uh, for the Jags. Uh, no speed whatsoever on the field, really, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. From Dan Arnold at tight end to ETN out of the backfield to Chark running uh, at wide receiver. Tavon Austin's okay speed guy. He doesn't blow me away. By the way, Jamal Agnew, another guy. They've really lost a lot of speed this year yeah. uh, on offense. All right. Uh, let's keep talking about the Jags. Talk about the rest of the NFL as well. Uh, what's the latest on the coaching search? Where are they going to go? Have, have you thought more about it and, and have your feelings changed at all as you start to hear some of the names that are being thrown out there? Jags can interview coaches from other teams today. But did they ask? And it seems like they didn't ask about Josh McDaniels. Was that a mistake? We talked about it on ESPN 690. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, you know, we're, um, if I remember right, it was, we were over a minute. I think it was 102 at the snap. 101, yes. Yeah, and so, um, no, um, don't second guess that one. You know, if you want to take an opportunity to pop a run, then, uh, you know, I didn't have an issue with it with, uh, with Shoddy there. And, um, you know, there's, you know, sometimes, a lot of times you get it, and we didn't get it at that moment, but, um, I, you know, I, I wouldn't change that one. Yeah, he would. I don't believe him. I mean, by the way, I have no problem with him defending Schottenheimer and sticking together. It's been a big problem this year with Urban Meyer and others. And um, But, yeah, he would change it. First of all, it didn't work, so you definitely change it. That's how you know. It's true. <laughs> That's how you know, like, he's defending his guy, right? Uh, so, and that, again, I'm on fine with it. But, yes, you would have changed it. It was a bad call. It, it, it didn't work, so that makes it even a worse call. And it, it, 
you can argue it cost you the game because you had so much time off the clock, then you had to spike it on third down. I mean, of course he would change it. So, I mean, we're not dumb. Um, but I also appreciated. I appreciate you defending your guy. That's okay. Like, that happens. Like, so a lot of times Trevor has to do that for LaVisca Chenault not running the right depth on a route. Hey, we know? didn't have to do that this week, though. No, we did. Um, yeah. By the way, their passing game was fine without LaVisca. <laughs> it's funny. Like, uh, Steph's like, hey, I like that little number seven. <laughs> she talks to him like he's like a freshman in high school right. or something. Uh, little number seven's been in the NFL for like a decade. You know what? <laughs> that's that's very true. You know what's interesting about that? I was going to ask you this. So early, I mean, pretty much all game, but early they came out, and I think the first at least two plays, maybe the third one as well, he was in motion of some sort. Do you think that that was designed for Taven Austin, or do you think that's designed for LaVisca when he comes back? If that makes sense, what I'm asking you. Yeah, no, I, uh, I think that's probably designed for LaVisca. You see, uh, I, I agree you with you. So you I'm made the wondering. motion. There were a couple plays now, so let me make sure we're on the same page. I saw there, there were a couple plays that I think are designed for, uh, heck, you could really say ETN, but True. LaVisca, Jamal Agnew. I mean, LaVisca, maybe, LaVisca will run the jet sweep. So I saw a jet sweep. They gave it to Tavon Austin. Yeah. Uh, the first play out of the gates was definitely a play by, that they'd go to LaVisca Chanel, yeah. right? That little bubble and then they let him run with the ball after the catch. Tavon only got like three yards. Right. But that's a play they, they've actually started the game several times this year with that play to LaVisca. Then I saw Tavon out of the backfield. Yep. And is that the play you're talking about? I'm just talking about all of it together. It was interesting that it was Taven Austin. I know LaVisca obviously wasn't available, but I was just wondering, like, did they like – did Schottenheimer come in and say, I like what we're doing here, but I like the idea of doing it with Taven Austin because he's smaller and maybe quicker versus LaVisca, I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I think that package is probably designed more for like an ETN at some point. But I do think LaVisca can play that role. Now, not from a speed standpoint, but uh, from a try to get him one-on-one and you're not going to tackle me standpoint. I, I don't. So I don't know – uh, I think they've had several guys they could use some of that stuff with. I like the creativity regardless. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it adds to it. I do think, you know, you start to wonder next year, I don't know what they're going to do with DJ Chark, speed guy, right? You got ETN, uh, speed guy. They're going to go get somebody. I still hope they bring, I mean, I hope Dan Arnold's a part of this. I saw some good things from him. So there's some speed there. I, I think they, again, they got to put more than that. They got to have more options than that. But I, I like what they potentially could be, especially if they if they were to – they're not going to probably land Devontae Adams, but what if they did? Or what if they go get E.J. Gallup, you know? Uh, I mean, E.J. Gallup. E.J.? No. Michael. Michael. <laughs> why do they call him E.J. Gallup? I'm not you know sure. Why? Because I covered a basketball player up in Albany, New York, called E.J. Gallup. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, think right. he, I think he played at Coble Skill. I'm going to have to look that up. If uh, my, my old boss, Rich Becker, is listening, he would know. E.J. Gallup, that was a blast from the past. Uh, but, yes, Michael Gallup. <laughs> um, so I, I really don't know what they're going to do with Chark. I think Chark's, as we talk about this off season, he's probably one of the most interesting plays uh, that the Jags have. And, and he has because he's a free agent. What do they do? Are they going to give him a ton of money to be franchised? I don't think they will. I think the best chance for him is to uh, – I know he's got a house here, so maybe they can convince him to sign like a show me deal <laughs> yeah. for another year. You know, <laughs> maybe that'll be. You don't want to move or something. They can play to that. Uh, 
be hard I, to believe you'd let a receiver leave, though. After all of this, I know he's been hurt, but like after everything you've seen without him, because when he was out there, like it wasn't great, but he had that play against the Cardinals that I keep going back to. But like you really can't. Are you in position to let a receiver walk away? I don't think so, but uh, it just depends how much he's going to command. Sure. Uh, he's a one Pro Bowl guy. He's done. Honestly, he's had a his three out of four years have been disappointing. Yeah, ab absolutely. Like so, uh, we'll do the roster construction as we continue along here, and, and that'll be very interesting. By the way, there'll be no loyalty because I think there's going to be a new GM in, going to be a new head coach. So there's no loyalty to Chark. It's not like he's that he's my guy, you know. Yeah. You know, if if I drafted him, that'd be a different story. But this is going to probably be a situation. Well, even with Balky, he didn't draft him. So, um, we'll talk about that coming up. I, I do have to share this story. Uh, so we, we go to the team hotel Saturday night. Right. And I was talking about, like, Steph saying, uh, Tavon Austin. Well, we, we're in the elevator to go up to a room. And uh, so we're staying in the Jags team hotel. They're staying with me, obviously. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're on, like, the 14th floor. Okay. And there's two sides to the ele You know, there's, there's four elevators, but two sides. Okay. And, and so we go to the left side, and we're going up the elevator. And the, it stops on floor four for some reason. Somebody must have pushed the button or, or whatever. Well, we, the, works, yeah. the door, we didn't, but the door opens, and across the way, the other elevator door opens at the same time, and Trevor and another player are in the elevator. Ah. And so, for this, what seemed like five minutes, but it was really about seven seconds, you know, I think Trevor recognized me. I, rec I just say, hey, hey, I think I said Merry Christmas. It was Saturday, right? Yeah. Yep. And he said Merry Christmas back. And meanwhile, I think, like, Kaylee's, like, on her phone, and she kind of peeks up and sees that it's Trevor. Ty's kind of tucked in the corner, so the way the door opened, he can't see. Oh. Steph is standing right there. She sees him. And so that's, that's all the exchange was, right? Yep. Like, Merry Christmas. Hey, what's up? And, uh, I mean... Obviously, it doesn't do that much for me. It's not like I, I, I mean, I've seen Trevor before, you know? You have, and, yes. But it, it's always surprises me because we're around this stuff a lot. And I guess I never really think about the kids and Steph and, and how much, like, they like it. Like a normal fan would like it. I, I see. You know? Mm -hmm. And so oh, the elevator closes. And, and like, they, they get, like, giddy. They're like, hey, it was Trevor. And Steph goes... It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? Like, we just saw Trevor. Like, that was it. <laughs> it's not like he stopped and took a picture with you or anything like that. It, wow. was, such a, it was such a funny moment. Um, just, first of all, the irony that both of the elevator doors opened up. None of us got out. Yeah, that is so weird. <laughs> and right across the way was Trevor. Uh, so it was, it was pretty funny, but... Um, I, I, I have to remind myself sometimes you appreciate that, but uh, that was the highlight of the weekend. I mean, we're in New York City, and the highlight of the weekend was the elevator opening up to see Trevor Lawrence. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'll, tell, I'll uh, tell you right now, if that was Zach Wilson, nobody would have been good. <laughs> right I will say that Zach Wilson, and I, I've, I've been this guy before that's like 22 and looks 12. Right. That's Zach Wilson. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he looks, I saw him on the field. I'm like, is that the ball boy or is that Zach Wilson? Yikes. You know? Yeah. I mean, he looks really young. Um, Trevor, uh, Trevor, not so much. So that was a, that was a funny moment. That's good. Uh, for sure. Yeah, we had some good time. Hey, uh, quick uh, around the league. I do want to talk a, a more about the um, the Jags coaching search coming up. And 
at five o'clock we'll play uh i got left a good voicemail again so if you've missed that in the past i think you'll want to hear that yeah. uh for football at five casey has heard it uh, we can't play the entire because it's five minutes long yeah. but uh, we will play some of the highlights for sure that is uh, coming up um how about joe burrow yeah and uh, what he's done to the ravens and 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 how he's like i don't care if you guys have been good for a while and we've been bad Screw you. We're going to still throw it deep, and I'm throwing for 525 on you. Yeah, it's it's insane because the when I watch Joe Burrow, it's so – first of all, you start with the fact the injury, and a year later he's doing what he's doing, throwing for 500 yards. So that, that part of it alone is incredible. But, yeah, I think the Bengals, if you're the Jags, you have to look at what they did. They got the quarterback, okay, step one. They then immediately drafted the wide receiver, as in T. Higgins. Then they go this year, get the other receiver, Jamar Chase. T. Higgins, by the way, is so underrated. Yes. And then you already had Boyd in there. Your tight end is serviceable. And all of a sudden, you're scoring points. And the offensive line that all of a sudden was a problem, or not all of a sudden, was a problem that you had talked about maybe picking the linemen. I don't hear those problems anymore when you're throwing for 500 yards. I guess it's your receivers getting open. But, yeah, uh, Ravens will have Joe Burrow in their nightmares for – 20 years? I mean, potentially? Yeah, yeah they could. Uh, you know, here's, here's the thing. I love what you just brought up because I don't think it's that far-fetched to see what the Jags could do on offense. And by the way, I think the Bengals and Burrow are either tops in the league or top three in the leagues in sacks again this year. Interesting. Check that stat out, but I'm pretty sure he's been sacked more than 45 times this year, or it was 44 going into the game yesterday. And uh, the Jags, by the I think, have been sacked 26 times for a reference point. So, and, and like Bortles' his rookie year, I think, was sacked like over 50 times. So they didn't clean up the offensive line. It's still a problem, yeah, but they're able to function. Times. What is it? 47, third yeah. most in the league. So it's not like they've cleaned that up. But they went out and got Jamar Chase, and they're like electric on offense because of it. And, and to go along with the other we weapons. So, listen, Joe Burrow proved more in year one than, than Trevor probably has in year I mean, definitely, than Trevor has in year one, even in a shortened season. Yeah. But is it that far-fetched to think the Jags could get something rolling like that? Uh, we'll see about James Robinson, but they did draft Travis Etienne. And so there's some weapons in the backfield. If they are to keep DJ Chark, that's a young player that has speed and size. And if you go get one in free agency, maybe it is a Michael Gallup or maybe you'll hit on, on everybody wants Devontae Adams. I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, can you see this offense all of a sudden being explosive to the point where now you've put stuff around Trevor? And I'm not saying you have 525-yard days and four touchdowns or three touchdowns in the first half, 299, but, but you can be explosive. Like, are the Jags that far off? Uh, maybe with one move with a free agent wide receiver or somebody that they find in the draft of really being what Cincinnati's able to pull off. I don't necessarily think it's that far off. You just have to do something that the Jags never do, and that's get the right guy. Because there's plenty of receivers you can draft this year. Obviously, at one, that's not going to be an option. So do you trade back? Do you do whatever? I don't know. But if you believe, which I think you should, and I know you do, but I'm just saying in general, that Trevor is the guy, then, yeah, I don't think it's that far off, obviously. The crazy thing with Joe Burrow is 
what would that three years ago now before they went undefeated Joe Burrow was an afterthought yeah and he's done this and he and so maybe he peaked at the right time who knows but Trevor has all the this experience from college and everything you've seen what he can do so it makes you believe that if he is the guy yeah it's an easy fix granted did the Bengals just get lucky with Jamar Chase who's great T Higgins who's also great potentially the Jags got to find at least one of those guys but it seems like when you look at a model like them Chargers as well you can do it with the quarterback. You just have to get the quarterback, and then, ironically, now the Jags have to get the receivers, which most teams already have. Yeah, and you could make the case they're already more invested in the offensive line, and so the Jags' offensive line would be better. And, and by, like, Trevor's got better arm strength than a guy like Burrow. Burrow, obviously, is very good in a lot of other areas. But uh, And then Zach Taylor's doing a good job, so it's a good partnership right now. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I... Again, I don't want to get carried away, and I'm not talking 525. I'm, he's been up. He's had good games and not so good games. He's had these monster games, but I just don't think the Jags are that far away from potentially being that kind of offense uh, that that you can do what say Cincinnati's doing. They need to hit in, on a wide receiver. They really do because those two guys are really good and young and could be around for a long time yeah. doing that. Uh, but the Jags might have a little more depth and diversity at the running back position. Might be a little bit better on the offensive line. And I'll give you one more thing about it is the, the Jags, I mean, Cincinnati, they're okay. Like, they're okay at tight end. They're not like Kelsey Kittle good no, at tight end. Correct. And the Jags, I, again, I think Arnold's a p- key part of this. I, I, I like Arnold, man. I really like what I saw. And, and so if they could add a little bit to that room and keep a guy like that, then they might be pretty dynamic even at tight end or at least be able to be Cincinnati kind of good at tight end. Yeah, and I mean, to, yeah, I agree with you. C.J. Uzama is, is good enough, but he's not, he's, he's not a top tier like you said. And then even if you look at the Herbert example, Jared Cook's like 100 years old and is still making plays at tight end for the Chargers. So yeah, I think, yeah, Dan Arnold and I – Look, if O'Shaughnessy could stay healthy and the two of them together, I mean, a two-tight end set with not Manhurts would be incredible. So yeah. I, I think they do have an opportunity. But, yeah, I think you have to make sure you keep Dan Arnold and then you figure out what to do with O'Shaughnessy. But I think Arnold's number one and then you go from there. Yeah, I think O'Shaughnessy, I think you just, I mean, it, he's just always getting hurt. I, I, some guys are just going to be labeled that way. He has not been able to. And that's why they might move on from Brendan Linder, by the way, soon, too. Uh, not bad players, just can you rely on them? And, yeah. and uh, availability is a big thing in the NFL. Uh, all right, let's keep talking about the future of the Jags. Uh, what's the latest on the coaching front? Uh, then we got football at 5 coming up. We'll go a little more around the NFL uh, as well. Hope everybody had a nice Christmas. Uh, off to a good start this week. I'm sure plenty of people are off uh, this holiday week. Um, if you are, good for you. Hope you're still listening. If you are, well, enjoy the ride and listen to ESPN 690. We'll be back right after this. Obviously, I had that run down the sideline. You know, part of me kind of wishes I wanted to try to cut back and score. But in that situation, you know, we don't have any timeouts left. Just trying to get out of bounds. And I think there was 30 seconds or so left. So just trying to get out of bounds and give us a new set of downs from the five. Felt like that was a good good situation to be in. So, you know, obviously hindsight's 2020, But uh, I felt I had a lot of confidence. I know the whole offense did. I mean, the guys up front today uh, just protected great. I mean, I had all day. That's why, you know, a lot of those, I was sitting in there getting to my third, fourth progression. And we were hitting some big plays because uh, just had so much time. That is Trevor Lawrence talking about the the last drive there. I don't think he should have gone for it. I understand what he's saying in hindsight, but I think he made the right call in real time. Again, go back and look at that play. 
He's really going out of bounds at the nine, but his strides are so long that he gets to the five-yard line. If he had cut back in, he would have wasted valuable time. I think he would have been tackled before the goal line. And they're taught to not do – you don't want your quarterback doing that anyway, right? I mean, Josh Allen's a little bit different. Uh, the Jags have tried to be cautious and, and pick your spots, and I know it's a kind of a winning spot. But like I said earlier in the show, you take first and goal from the five with 32 seconds to go, uh, no doubt, when that drive started. And, and you can't get too greedy. So uh, I think Trevor did the right thing uh, there. The question is, should I drop by Urban Meyer's restaurant? Casey. Um, you know, I wouldn't personally. But, you know, you, you guys have a different relationship, you and old Herbs. So maybe maybe you'll have a better sense on that. But I personally would probably just uh, not do that. Here, here's what's crazy about it. So we're here in January. And uh, obviously did the show from Urban's Restaurant. Right. And now we are 11 months later, and the guy's not the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, it's such a (laughs) – yeah. It's unreal. It's like football aside, it's just a weird thing that that happened, the whole thing that happened. (laughs) It's it's just hard to believe and hard to fathom that that here we are again. Uh, Maybe I'll just stay in the state of Ohio and see which direction I should go. At least I'll be in the middle of the country for when the Jags hire their next guy. That's an idea. Uh, that's uh, an so idea. The, the, here, here's what's interesting. They could request assistant coaches on teams and, and and start interviewing them today. That's a new rule in the NFL. might be just a one-year thing, but it's a new rule in the NFL. And everybody, I think most people thought uh, Leftwich could be on that list, right? Biennemi could be on that list. Uh, McDaniels could be on that list. Well, it certainly sounds like Josh McDaniels isn't on that list. Are you surprised to see that out of New England today, that the Raiders or Jags haven't called about Josh McDaniels? Yeah, it's it's weird, I guess. I If it comes down to, like, strictly coaching, I don't understand it unless you think he's going to pull an Indianapolis and you're still not over that. But I don't know if it has something to do with, do you think that if you ask for Josh McDaniels, that he would say no, I'm not doing this right now, and then you ruin your chances down the line? Like, is that, is that in play here? Like, with the, the way that Bel- Belichick runs things, you think they'd be like, no, nah, we're not doing none of that until the end of the season, and then at that point it's too late? Like, that's I don't the think only- he can. That's, I, I, in that case, then I don't understand it. I, I, don't, I don't think he can do that because the NFL wouldn't allow this for – you can't – I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Maybe he did, but I just don't think you can do that, and, and that's the – the nature of this rule is everybody sooner or later had to agree upon it, right. and it was voted in. But um, the bottom line is, for whatever reason, Josh McDaniels wasn't you know, requested by the Jags yet. It could still happen, but at least yet. And, and what I said today is there's three reasons for this. Did the Colts thing scare the Jags away? Keep in mind, he interviewed for this job in 2017, and the story goes now that when McDaniels interviewed, he wanted to blow the whole thing up coming off the 16th season. And while he might not have been wrong for the long term, he was wrong in the, in the immediate because the Jags went to the AFC Championship game the next year. And so did that turn a guy like Shad Khan off and say, wait a minute, this guy totally misread what we should have done here outside of maybe the quarterback room. Why do I want to give him the keys to the car? What else is he going to misread? Right. And so it might have been a little bit off there. Or... Did Josh McDaniels' people say, hey, we ain't coming down there, so don't give us a call? Well, that that could very well be. 
You know, we don't want, we, we, this is not the opportunity I want to pursue. Maybe Las Vegas, same thing. That's not the opportunity I want to pursue. If something else opens up or I'm sticking out in New England, we'll see. So you don't know exactly why, but I would say the writing's on the wall here that Josh McDaniels is not a candidate to be the Jaguars' next head coach. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of what I get out of it. I think at this point, I think if you're Josh McDaniels, like if you're not, I mean, this has been like four years now that his name comes up every time. At this point, if you, the Jags, the Raiders, the, the Bears are going to be open, there's a lot of situations that are going to come about. If he doesn't necessarily take or interview for any of these jobs, he has to be waiting on Belichick. Like, that just has to be it. I would think so. Or he's just waiting for the opportune one because he doesn't want to change his mind again. And, and he's got one more chance. At the, he's lucky he's probably even being thought of, you know, based off what he did with the Indianapolis job. Yeah, I just... Uh, because I think it's... And listen, this is an organization that can't risk anything right now. And, and Josh McDaniels is a risky play because of what he did in Indianapolis. What if he changes his mind again and leaves this team at the altar? That would be just on par for the course. But I think if you're Josh McDaniels and you look at Jacksonville and let's just, I'm going to put Chicago in there. If you say no to Trevor Lawrence and no to Justin Fields, who are you saying yes to? But I mean, Mac Jones, obviously. But if you turn down both of those, what could be a more better situation for you to be in as an offensive coach? Yeah, I... I it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. So uh, we'll see who else. Who else on the list? Let's talk about it more. Football at 5 plus uh, the voicemail I got yesterday that you'll have to hear. It's all coming up. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big. 